Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode one of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about experience, confidence, and vulnerability. The B-17 bomber is famous for helping to win World War II. It was used in both the European and Pacific theaters. In Germany, it was used to bomb industrial and military targets. In the Pacific theater, it was used to bomb the Philippines and also uh, Japanese naval ships. What you may not know is that in 1935, during an early test flight, the B-17 crashed with an experienced pilot at the controls. Investigators determined that the captain had forgotten to release the elevator lock. Now, the elevator lock is a safety mechanism um, that locks uh, the ability to control pitch. So uh, when the elevator lock is not released, uh, the captain is not able to raise or lower the nose. And so you can imagine that this made it impossible to control the pitch of the aircraft after takeoff and it very quickly stalled and crashed. As a result, Boeing, the manufacturer, actually lost the contract to McDonnell Douglas. But after looking into the crash, they decided to implement a checklist system to avoid uh, any pilot oversight prior to takeoff. This is the origin of the pre-flight checklist. As a result, Boeing was able to log 1.8 million flight hours without an accident, convincing the military that the B-17 was safe. They won back the contract, and the rest is history. It became an integral part of World War II. In the last decade, hospitals have used checklists to reduce infections and improve surgical outcomes. In many cases, this required uh, experienced doctors and nurses to follow checklists for seemingly routine procedures. In the case of doctors, uh, it was the experienced who were most likely to resist the use of checklists. If you think about it, checklists are rudimentary. Uh, they're, they're considered for the inexperienced. However, it's often the most experienced practitioners that will overlook things during routine procedures. You know, when we think we know what we're doing, oftentimes we work without thinking and we overlook things. And so uh, using uh, checklists in hospitals has actually helped uh, to re reduce uh, both illnesses and mortality. What this brings to light is that experience is a double-edged sword. It brings wisdom and better decision-making but it also risks getting stuck in our ways and, and makes us resistant to change. We've always done it this way before. These are the seven last words of the church. It's a joke that we have in ministry circles to identify a church that is stuck, that is so focused on not changing in the midst of all the change around it uh, that they can't adapt uh, to the new world that we live in. The interesting thing about this is that experience and tradition are alike. 
they both bring great value, but in any endeavor, uh, either one can help keep us stuck. In family systems theory, there's a concept called self-differentiation. Self-differentiation is the ability to define one's goals and values in the midst of surrounding togetherness pressure. And it, experience and tradition conspire together to create surrounding togetherness pressure. It is this, this feeling that we have always done it this way before and we need to keep doing it that way. It, it creates this pressure to conform. Resistance to change is part of the human condition. Experience and tradition can reinforce that resistance. I mean, experience and tradition are good. We think of those as good things. But when they have gone too far, when they lack flexibility, when they create this surrounding togetherness pressure to conform, then they create problems in any system, whether it's a family, a congregation, or an organization. You know, we say to ourselves, it, it's worked well for us before, so we need to keep doing it. The problem is that when things aren't working, when we're stuck and we keep doing the same things, um, we know that they're not going to work anymore. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. As leaders, especially ones with experience, we need to ask ourselves, how can we avoid getting stuck? In short, the way to do that is to become a rebel. Harvard Business School professor Francesca Gino is the author of the book, Rebel Talent, Why It Pays to Break the Rules at Work and in Life. She says the first thing that we need to do is to embrace being uncomfortable. In one study, Gino took a group of college students and asked them to sing the Journey song, Don't Stop Believin', karaoke style in front of an audience of their peers. She asked half of the students to wear a bandana wrapped around their head while singing, and this was intended to make them feel even more uncomfortable than they already were. The interesting thing about the findings is, is that students who wore a bandana had better note accuracy, more confidence, and a lower heart rate than those who did not. Her findings indicate that making yourself uncomfortable will feel difficult at first, but will actually lead to more confidence and to better results. Gino also had a related finding. She had to teach identical 90-minute classes at Harvard Business School's executive education program to two different groups of experienced leaders. In between the first and the second class, Gino changed out of her conservative leather shoes and into a pair of bright red Converse sneakers. Afterwards, she surveyed leaders and the students in the sneakers, red sneakers class perceived Gino to have higher status as an influential scholar. This is, to me, this is counterintuitive. You would think that you need to conform to a certain image of a leader with influence, especially in front of, of a group of, of Harvard uh, business executives. But it's the opposite that's true. Gina writes this in a Money Magazine article. By contrast, in our research, my colleagues and I found that when adults intentionally deviate from norms of appropriate behavior, whether by dressing down when in shopping in a high-end boutique or wearing red sneakers while teaching at a top-tier school, they gain status and are considered more influential than their peers who follow the rules. So if you think about this, it, it just it goes in the face of convention. 
you would think that you need to conform to a certain image to be influential and to have status. And what uh, Gino's research is saying is that you need to do the opposite. You need to actually be a nonconformist. You need to be a rebel if you want to be seen as somebody having more influence as a leader. As a young pastor, I decided to get my ear pierced. I had been serving uh, the particular church where I was assigned for four years, and the congregation and I got along very well. But for some reason, I, I felt this need to push the envelope. This was a, a typical rural congregation that was very homogeneous. Over those four years, they had grown to become very accepting of people who were different than they. As one older woman in the congregation uh, said to me, uh, we've even accepted a man uh, with a ponytail who's attended our church. And for, you know, kind of a, a straight-laced uh, country church, that was, that was big progress. I guess my thinking behind getting my ear pierced was to break the stereotype of a pastor. It was actually a bit nerve-wracking for me um, because I was pushing my own comfort zone. I, I wasn't sure how the congregation was going to react. So for a month or so, I, I, after I had it done, I braced myself for criticism and conflict. It never came. As I look back, it seems that the phenomenon that Francesca Gino's research documents was at work. Somehow, by being a nonconformist, it might, may have even increased my status and influence as a pastor. When I moved to, to serve two small churches in another town, uh, they decided to do a church directory. I was hanging out at one of the churches one evening just to meet people as they were coming in to get their photos taken. And this straight-laced older couple walked in, um, and, and he was retired military. Uh, she was very uh, proper, and, and she seemed very agitated. And I, I asked her what was wrong, and she said, well, we, we rushed out of the house to be on time, and I forgot my earrings. Well, something led me to just say, would you like to borrow mine? I had one in my ear. I had the uh, other, the other side of the pair in my briefcase. She said, oh, would you mind? And so I actually lent my earrings to this straight-laced woman to uh, have her picture taken for the church directory. She accepted it and was quite grateful. And, and I think in some way, looking now at the research, um, this actually helped me um, to be a person uh, that people would want to follow as a leader. So if you want to feel more confident, practice making yourself uncomfortable. Put yourself out there. It will also increase your influence as a leader. In her book, Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Brene Brown writes, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. I believe Brene Brown goes directly at the cultural myth that vulnerability is weakness, contending that it's the opposite. In his book, A Failure of Nerve, Edwin Friedman argues that leaders not only need to learn to embrace vulnerability, they need to learn to love it. This indeed takes courage. Friedman and Brown are on the same page. As Brown writes, quote, Vulnerability is not weakness, and the uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure we face every day are not optional. Our only choice is a question of engagement. Our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose. 
the level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our fear and disconnection, end quote. To be an effective leader, you need to not only learn to choose purpose and connection over fear and disconnection, but you also need to learn to love it, to embrace it. Leadership through self-differentiation is a concept developed by Edwin Friedman in his book, Generation to Generation, Family Process in Church and Synagogue. The idea is that if you as a leader are willing to take responsibility for your own position, that is for your goals and values, and if you stay emotionally connected to the rest of the system, there is a good chance that people will follow. There will be resistance at first. You can count on that. And sometimes that resistance even comes off as sabotage. But if you can maintain a non-anxious presence while staying emotionally connected, more often than not, you will be able to lead change. Seth Godin says that if you want to make a difference in the world, you need to be willing to try things where you will say to yourself, this might not work. What's interesting about this is that given the research, we understand now why putting yourself out there makes you actually more influential as a leader. By making yourself uncomfortable, you actually lead with more confidence. It may not feel that way, but Francesca Gino's research bears that out. One caveat, when you put yourself out there, it's also important to be humble about it. It is possible that it may not work. Leadership through self-differentiation is not bulldozing other people with your ideas. It's about saying what you believe while giving others the freedom to disagree. And one more thing about being uncomfortable. It not only increases confidence, it also facilitates a process called rediscovery. It can give an experienced person a fresh perspective. In one study, experienced guitarists were asked to play guitar with their non-dominant hand. Just think about how that would make you uncomfortable. By feeling what it was like to be inexperienced, they were better able to relate to novice guitar players, giving them more helpful and encouraging advice. Experience matters. With it comes wisdom and discernment. But to avoid being stuck, you need to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable. This will give you different eyes with which to see. The great thing about this is that you will actually lead with more confidence and influence. So embrace vulnerability. It will make you a better leader. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, Go be yourself.